Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. What up, fam? Welcome back to another episode of Snapback Sports. On this episode, we are recapping the Super Bowl. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid on winning Super Bowl 54. Let's get it. Mahomes looking to flip, takes it in for the touchdown. Garoppolo keeps play action, passes, caught. Use check, touchdown. Handoff here, it's Mostert. He is in for the touchdown. First and goal, pass open, touchdown. Kelsey keeps it back in. Mahomes throws, pass, caught. Williams, touchdown. Kansas City jumps on top. What up, fam? I'm your host, Jack Sunrun from Snapback Sports on Snapchat. Joining me today, and as always, is my co-host, Abe Granoff. Abe, how you doing? I noticed you, uh, you congratulated the Niners, I mean the Chiefs, you congratulated Patrick Mahomes, but you didn't, in the intro, but you failed to mention, uh, me being right about the Niners after all. Alright, we're just gonna skip over that. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, what, what a you... game, what a game, what a Super Bowl. Before we get into the game, I did wake up to a message this morning saying, Abe screwed me, Demi Lovato. Okay. I, I would I'm like just to saying. address. So, obviously, the past two and a half weeks, I have been preaching the over on the national anthem. Because it, the original line came in at 124 and a half seconds, right? Then there was a leak that in her rehearsal, uh, she went under, she was going fast. And then the line dropped to 118 and a half. I would like to defend myself by saying that we never had another chance to get on the air. And I have a confession. I took the under. <laughs> so I'm sorry to all you that listen to me out there. So Snapback Pod on Instagram doesn't exist? Yeah, I guess I could have got the message out that way, huh? I'm just saying. Um, that's just wrong. Okay, yeah, I was wrong about them, but I was sure as hell right about the, t- the football team that came on the field in the game. So I think that's what's more important here. Sure, so let's go to the game. Um, First off, I want to talk to me. You just spent a whole week. You were for the biggest game of the year, and probably what I would have to say is the best city in the United States for a Super Bowl in Miami. Um, the Eagles played in Minneapolis. That would be a close second. <laughs> but... Uh, Talk to me. How was the experience? How was the game? Give us your 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 view from uh, whatever section you were in. Um, the week I'm so exhausted. The week oh. was the week was so long. The parties were insane. The radio row was insane. Like you're right. Miami was by far the craziest city to do it in. Um, and then the game was just. The electricity was there. The game was awesome. Uh, the colors were there. The halftime show. The whole thing was oh, incredible. The, the halftime show. Oh, my God. Give me a new pair of pants. <laughs> I have a question, though. I've never been to a Super Bowl. It seems like a Super Bowl is a good place for fans whose team isn't in the game. Like, Would you say a majority of the fans that were there were just like, um, 
third party, just not rooting for either team, just there for football, or were there just was it Chiefs fans, was it Niners fans? Like I would say going to the game. I mean, don't get me wrong. If my team was in the Super Bowl and someone gave me a ticket, I'd probably be there. But I was having this conversation last night. Something about the no, the whole idea that no. Super Bowl Sunday. Let me go. The whole I'm, idea I'm, and I'm just Bowl telling Sunday, you no. Sitting on the couch, eating the food. I love the the production that is Super Bowl Sunday to like make a party and stuff your face. It's like sort of a better Thanksgiving. So like, was it a lot of Chiefs and Niners fans? Was it more Chiefs, more Niners? Like, what was the situation at Hard Rock? When I got home, I definitely did miss like eating, you know, ten thousand calories and stuff like that. But yeah, but the commercials I'll get today uh, on my way to the airport on social. Um, the analysis, like I heard, the announcers were pretty good. So that that's a change from our Booger McFarland experiences. But uh, the stadium was there. Are definitely some casuals because it's corporate and everyone gets tickets through their teams and through their companies and stuff. But stadium was ninety percent Chiefs and Niners fans, and with that ninety percent, it was the dead even split. Both crowds were electric and. There's no doubt, like, being at the Super Bowl was the coolest sporting event I've ever been to. I obviously went in 2012 for the Ravens. It's been eight years, and I, I can barely remember any of it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but Sunday night was just very cool. Were you sitting amongst more Chiefs or Niners fans in your section? So I got the tickets from the Ravens at face value. And then I nice sold, nice and then I sold the ticket, which covered the cost of my ticket. So I essentially went to game for free. And as you know, I bet and was rooting for the Niners. And the person I sold it to turned out to be a diehard Chiefs fan. <laughs> so he he got the W in the end. But I was in a Chiefs heavy section. There were a couple a couple Niners guys, some independents next to me. Um, it was you really couldn't tell obviously because of the red and the jerseys and stuff but you couldn't tell by the difference in pantones <laughs> yeah but it was about a fit i would say the crowd was p- split very very even yeah you, you always think it's like i don't know i'm sitting on the couch and i think like as an eagles fan like i don't know if i can sit through like a game with like a fan around me of another team like i know it's a real corporate event and stuff like that but fans of both are going to come. But even you said, like, throughout the entire week, this, the Chiefs and Niners fans that were there for the game, what, they didn't come till probably Friday? Yeah. So, yeah, it just seems like that big event where the whole week is made up for just NFL fans, and then the real fans that are locking in are coming on, on Friday or Saturday. But nonetheless, I mean, I, I was very happy with what the game gave us. It was... It was a great game overall. It obviously didn't have like the full end of game theatrics, but you had you had your moments. Like you had Jimmy G that he had the chance to go down the field and win the game. Like that's all we wanted. We yeah, wanted one one you quarterback did. with the ball in his hands. Honestly, we all would have preferred it to be Patrick Mahomes to have to go 80 yards because once Jimmy G got the ball, we kind of knew what was going to happen. Or maybe that was just me. That was but, just yeah. Yeah, well, I was right. Um, but we were just waiting <clears throat> excuse me, for one of those quarterbacks to have the ball at the end of the game, to have to go prove it and, and get their Super Bowl moment. And I know it, it ended with a 
Honestly, a sick interception. That Kendall Fuller interception. Yeah. He went up and stole it out of midair. He went He went to uh, middle school with me. Really? Yeah, he played eighth grade bas- basketball with my uh, cousin Max. Well, maybe we'll get him on the pod then. <laughs> Max, you going to reach out to Kendall Fuller? He'll probably answer your text. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, you know... Obviously, the the elephant in the room is Kyle Shanahan's play calling. Uh, I'm glad you brought him up. Like, I just feel like if I'm a Niners fan, yeah, Jimmy G. I mean, I actually thought he played pretty well outside of one throw or two throws. The pick was mind-boggling, but Mahomes threw two picks as well. Um, And then the miss to Sanders, who Sanders, I mean, he obviously didn't give up on the ball. but He had the step on him. He got behind him. He did. I would have loved to see like him sprinting and maybe lay out just for shits and gigs, but this definitely falls on Kyle Shanahan. The guy is obsessed with throwing the ball with a lead, and obsessed. it's just mind-boggling because as a Niners fan and honestly as a player, I would feel somewhat slighted or shorted. Like, yeah, it came down to Jimmy G's arm and throwing out of the shotgun and the Chiefs' defense getting after pass rushing, sitting back in coverage, but like. You're up 20 to 10. Do you know how many times they ran the ball when they went up 20 to 10? Please enlighten me. They ran the ball three more times. Mm-hmm. Like, how is that even possible? And I get you want to stay aggressive, and if and you're running out and you're going off play action stuff, but like it was clear that they weren't just going to pound the rock, which is just so frustrating because all you want to do against Mahomes is take time off the clock. That's literally all you want to do. Think- and I think that we we're having this conversation in the beginning of the game. I was very impressed early on with Kyle Shanahan's play call. Um, he was, they were sticking to it in the first couple drives, just pounding the ball, pounding the ball, setting it up for the throw, and then mixing in a few reverses, sending people in motion. And I thought his play calling was really, really creative. And really what we've seen from the Niners all year, they were getting these 11- and 12-yard chunk plays. And, I mean, the second half, they kind of did the same thing early on in the third quarter, and they got that 20-10 to 10 lead. And then, weirdly enough, like, he just but, starts throwing the ball on a second and five down, stopping right. the clock. Like, in my opinion, the 49ers actually did exactly what they needed to do in this game to win, except the clock was their enemy, right? So they got pressure on Mahomes. They made him uncomfortable. Um, he was making poor throws. He was he was rattled in the beginning. We saw he was rattled for honestly seventy five percent of the game, and it seemed like Jimmy was managing the game well. The defense was doing what they were doing. They were sticking to their identity. It was the defense, the run game, and Jimmy doing what he had to do. And it just felt like, all right, your defense is getting after Mahomes this much. Like at some point, like the offense just needs to put it away, and they never really did. So um, you can't really point to the defense. I think they played their. They're hard out. Like Kansas City Chiefs are that type of offense that, listen, they need five minutes to go down the field and come back from two scores. That's all it's going to take. And it just was like, okay, when is this Chiefs offense going to explode if it's going to explode? And it felt like Kyle Shanahan was handing them momentum, handing them a little bit more clock to chew down, and that ended up being their downfall. I think he probably was like like – People don't understand. They scored on the majority of their first drives. Outside of that Jimmy G pick, they really scored. I mean, the Kittle OPI, which I still don't believe is an OPI, that would have led to more points. They I didn't scored. Hate that call. Huh? I didn't hate that call. Really? 
I didn't, I didn't love it, but like it, it's not. It looked I like it, I didn't, I did not think it was egregious. I, I mean, it looked like just hand fighting to me. It's, it, we're playing a Super Bowl that's a really soft, soft call. Plus, like it was a perfect throw, but they were scoring a lot of their drives, and they're up twenty to ten. And you're right. They probably see an opportunity when they get the ball back there, and they're like, okay, if we go up 27-10, it's over. And maybe that's why Shanahan was aggressive in the play calling with the throw. Because we've seen it before. 10 points really is not that big of a lead. It's something I hope the Ravens learn from is, like, you just can't panic. And obviously having Mahomes, it's a completely different animal. But it's just, like, 10 points is... It feels like the world is like falling on you, right? And then you score one time and it's like, okay, we're down three points. Like it, it's really not like 20 to 10 with seven minutes left, right? Didn't it feel over? Like, no, honestly. It it felt, it felt like, like the, it felt like a little bit of the air was sucked out of the room. Like, yeah, it's really not going to be a good game. Like, are the Niners just going to put this away? And they had the chance. And then that second five comes up. Uh, Jimmy throws it over his head, and you're just like, wait a second. Why is Kyle Shanahan falling in love with the run? I mean, the pass again in the second half. But the major thing that stuck out to me is you said um, the 49ers sort of panicked, right, when they had a 10-point lead. I think they did the opposite. They started. This is what stuck out to me about, okay, this could be going downhill. The end of the first half, the Niners get a stop. There's a minute left on the clock. Uh, Colquitt comes out to punt, to punt and tries to pin them in Niners territory and make them go the length of the field. Shanahan has all of his timeouts to play with. A minute time left on the clock. It ends up being a touchback. And you have the Niners on the 25-yard line with a minute left to play and a 10-10 ball game at the end of the first half with three timeouts. They run it on first down, let the clock drain down, run it on second down, let the clock drain down. Without calling a timeout, I texted you. I said, what the hell is Shanahan doing? You countered with screenshotting and making fun of me because they ended up taking a deep shot the next play. But I don't understand why they couldn't have done that 40 seconds ago. It seemed like... Because I don't... It seemed like to me, it really seemed like to me that Kyle Shanahan didn't trust Jimmy J. In that last minute, they had three timeouts and a minute plus to work with. Right, but but so did the Chiefs. He turtled. So did the Chiefs, and whether or not you trust Jimmy G, I personally think the net positive game... I mean, you should always play aggressive, and you should never give away possessions in the Super Bowl, but Chiefs also had three timeouts. They only had 10 points at that at that point, so it wasn't like they were cruising offensively. Jimmy had thrown a really bad interception earlier, and they were getting the ball at half, so it was like worst-case scenario... Game's tied. They get the rocket half. And it proved to be, you know, like the right decision. They went up 20-10. to 10. All they had to do was run the ball. on. Se- it was that second and five play. That was the turning point. They throw and they easily could have ran. And then it was the Mahomes throw on third and 15 to Tyreek Hill. Pressure in his face. Just an absolute big-time throw. That was the difference in the game. We said two through 53, Niners are better. Number one, how much better is Mahomes? And the irony is that he really didn't look that great, but he's good enough to just turn on for seven minutes. They put up 21 points, and that's a wrap. It just seemed like, okay, so they, I'm going back to that end of the first half because that just, if that was me, my head coach, I would be throwing stuff at the television. Even they had, you didn't see it, obviously, because you're at the game. But they shot to John Lynch in the GM booth, and he's 
freaking out, call timeout, call timeout, and Shanahan's not calling timeout. And then you see on third down, they get this huge 30-yard chunk play. And then they're, that led to the George Kittle um, pass interference later in the drive. But, like, they could have had the ball. If they ran that play or called a timeout or something, they could have had the ball at midfield with 48 seconds left to play and two timeouts than with 20 and, and, and one. Like, it just seemed like they might as well thrown a knee on it and Kyle Shanahan was afraid to put the ball in Jimmy and make him go make a big throw, but he did. He made big throws. He was afraid. He was just more afraid of Mahomes. And, and it's like the momentum, the momentum swing. And then you sit on a 25 minute halftime show and it's like, why are we down right now? We had the ball with the minutes ago. We get it at half. I don't know. I didn't hate that. I get what you're saying. And honestly, you know, they could have still come away with points. It's like you just sometimes that's that's why the best defense can be offense. And Mahomes is that scary and rightfully so. And another thing was like Mahomes wasn't clicking at that point. Why give him hurry up? Like when the Chiefs went to hurry up late in the game, that's when they started shredding San Francisco. It would have been another hurry up situation. That one to me, I mean, the game was 10-10. Best case scenario, I don't really see them going down and getting a touchdown. Maybe 13-10, but that that wouldn't have really proven to be the difference. The difference was run the ball. I mean, the Chiefs ran the ball more times than the Niners. It, it just was not good. Yeah, I mean, if we want to talk about coaching, we can't we can't knock Andy. He's been getting shit all week from from you, from the national media, about the big game, the big game. Jack, I'm here to tell you, you didn't watch Andy Reid a lot in when he was in Philadelphia, rightfully so. But yesterday, he did everything that he didn't do in every playoff loss over the years. Correct. He, he played to win, not to lose, where it seemed like Kyle Shanahan, <clears throat> on the other hand, was, I mean, obviously not playing to lose, but just was playing a little bit more cautiously than Andy Reid was. He used tempo when he needed to. He was very balanced the run in the pass. And, I mean, they won the game. Andy did – and, heck, I think Andy's flying back to Kansas City with two three, two or three timeouts in his pocket from the first half and he got <laughs> left with one in the second half. Like, Andy was not calling those timeouts. It was actually – I was like, okay, Andy saved his timeouts to this point. If Mahomes or and the Chiefs need a game-winning drive with under a minute left or something, do you think that he'll remember that he has the timeouts? <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. But, I mean – I will say, I will Kyle say. Shanahan coached a great game early, and then it took a, a turn for the worse. I did see one tweet. It was, uh, you know what the score, Kyle Shanahan's score is, is in his last 10 minutes of play calling in a Super Bowl? Yeah. It's, his last it's, 10 minutes, he's been out, outscored 46 to nothing in Super Bowl games. Which is tough. Minutes. Like, you would like your defense to play a little, but... <laughs> That is really bad uh, on the offensive front, and even more importantly, in that forty-six to nothing, I think the longest drive is like seven plays. Like it's it's three and outs, it's four plays and out. It's just bad. I will say, Andy Reid coached a great game. He did kind of get like put into coaching a great game. Like 
every decision, like, it wasn't fourth and two ever. It was fourth and one from the six. Like, clear, obvious, go for it, fourth downs. And you're right, he hadn't done that in the past. And then Jeez. late... Yeah. And then late when they're down two when they're down two scores, they had to throw go hurry up, which was obviously the most beneficial offense to go for with the Chiefs. So he kind of like just got shepherded into doing it. But you know what? Credit to him because he did it. He went for it. They had good play calls on both fourth downs. He used Mahomes' legs. He told him to get outside the pocket. Overall, he definitely won the coaching matchup, and it was a big difference in the game. So yeah, credit I, I, to Andy Reid. I think what you're saying with Andy Reid is. Sure, Andy Reid got thrown into like easy decisions, but they're not decisions that we're used to him making. Correct. The Chiefs were the last Correct. in the NFL in going for it on fourth down this year. Uh, I think they only went for it on fourth down ten times. They didn't run it out of the out of the sneak to go for it on fourth down, but they haven't run that play since Mahomes got hurt in Denver earlier this season when he dislocated his kneecap. It just felt like though Andy, it might have been the obvious decision to us. People have to understand. That wasn't the decision that the Kansas City Chiefs were built on. And Andy just kind of seized the moment and said, listen, I got to get my head on my ass and, and coach differently if I want to win this game with this defense. I can't just be trading off field goals. And, I mean, these decisions paid off. Some of them led to a field goal. But it was just something that Andy Reid hasn't done in the past that we saw him the, do last night. The most frustrating coaching thing for me was Shanahan not going for it fourth and two early third quarter he kicks a field goal that sets the tone and then on the flip side you have Andy Reid going for it which we are saying is the right decision they call great plays they convert and I think that's like that's what I was happy to see because the Ravens went for a fourth and one twice against the Titans they didn't get it either time but it's the correct thing to do it absolutely maximizes your chance to win football games and I think as long as coaches see that and continue to see that, and then you see, like, a field goal, like, really does not mean that much. It's three points. It's like Mahomes, I agree. Exactly. So I know that it's normally time and place, and you kind of got to feel out the situation, but nine times out of ten, going for it on fourth down is always the correct decision. Every number will show you that. We saw it last night. Niners play conservative. They lose the game. Chiefs play aggressive. They win the game. It's obviously Niners not as simple as that, but... Level. Huh? Niners took conservative to a whole new level. I just was like... Which is yeah. weird because out of all the things they didn't get conservative with was running with the number two rushing attack with seven minutes to go and a 10-point lead. That's what's just mind-boggling. All right, we spent too much time on the coaches. Something I want to bring up, MVP, Super Bowl MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Some people, some people are mad about this. A lot of people are mad about it. I don't understand. Yeah, so Do what are your thoughts? I don't understand what sport we're playing and the position that comes with the sport. Like, Mahomes, though he didn't play a good 75% of the game, he played a okay enough 75% of the game for the game not to be out of hand. And then he took the ball with X amount of time left and tore them up. And he ended up – I mean, sure, he had the two picks, and they were costly interceptions, right? Yep. But he was able to still get close to 200 yards. Uh, 26 of 42 isn't – too shabby of a completion percentage um two touchdowns i will say his pass rating 79.8 it is pretty low and that is a low standard but here's the difference and why i believe he absolutely deserved mvp damian williams goes for 104 and a rushing touchdown and also a receiving touchdown so that's everyone's complaining 
and you can't really take a play away. But outside of the garbage time rush TD, and it wasn't garbage time, and he also should have gone down. It was just like, a nail in a coffin. Huh? It was nail in the coffin, but he should have taken a knee anyways. Outside of that, he's at 60 yards and one touchdown. And more importantly, what people want to say is this, right? James White got snubbed a few years ago in their comeback. James White had three touchdowns. He had the game-winning touchdown. And he was also very pivotal in their comeback. Damian Williams was, was pretty good for the Chiefs overall for the first 50 minutes of the game. But when the Chiefs had to come back, Damian Williams wasn't the guy they were leaning on. Like, it was Mahomes, he was throwing, it was Hill, it was Watkins. Like, it wasn't like Damien. He was creating plays out of the pocket. The pocket was collapsing right away, and he was making plays and extending the play, and then converting these thirds downs. Like, Shore's numbers didn't, you gotta go beyond the numbers, you gotta see what he was doing. And he was just propelling his team down the field late in the fourth quarter, and that's what you want in a franchise quarterback. Yeah, Damian Williams did not win the Chiefs that football game. It was absolutely Patrick Mahomes. Watkins played unbelievable burnt sherman sherman getting a lot of heat online um maga nick bosa will not be going to the white house but he did play an unbelievable game as well i mean that niners d lived up to the hype i think they played really well it's just you run into a guy like patrick mahomes and sometimes you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't like there's really nothing you can do there's really only a few quarterbacks in the nfl that you'll never feel counted out with um, no matter where you are in the game and what the situation, Pat Mahomes is one of those, I would say, three quarterbacks in the NFL. I'll give Russ and Drew Brees that category. That's it. Before I, like anyone I'm actually petrified with who I'll never feel comfortable if I have a lead against. And Patrick Mahomes showed that. Um, all right. So before we talk NFL honors and wrap up here, like Mahomes, you know, it's tough to not see him you know winning many more Super Bowls and dominating and being the Tom Brady of this generation but Drew Brees Aaron Rodgers have won Drew Brees Dan Marino Aaron Rodgers have played it played in zero Super Bowls after they got their got to their first one so you know let's pump the brakes let's pump the brakes but it does feel like he's that good but with that being said so much has to go right to get to these games. I think a, a key is keeping Andy Reid. And I think, you know... He's, he's not going anywhere as long as Patrick Mahomes isn't going You anywhere. would think. And then, one, good from Mahomes on capitalizing on a Super Bowl window because he is about to get $200 million. And look, Damian Williams, he was undrafted. He's not making a lot of money. But don't think for a second, Sammy Watkins, Tyree Kill... Travis Kelsey and Tyron Matthew, who are all going to be paid a lot of money or are not going to be paid a lot of money because Mahomes is taking up that cap, isn't going to be a major factor. That was the difference this year, right? They finally spent a little money on defense with the Honey Badger, and they got Frank Clark, and that was the difference. They held the the Niners to 20 points. They made timely stops. So I just... I get nervous when I think about paying a guy $40 million a year. And if there's anyone who's good enough, it's obviously Mahomes. But the AFC looks like it could be tough for years to come. So I think Mahomes probably gets another. But that just it'll just continue to prove how crazy impressive the Belichick-Brady dynasty is. Yep. But on the flip side, where do the Niners go from here? Because you felt like this was kind of a... A, such a magical year for them that's so hard to repeat, right? This is like 
almost a historically good defense, a historically good um, defensive line. And is this run game going to be as prolific as it will be, as it was this year and years to come? Is Jimmy G? Because I think we all agree that Jimmy G can take his game to another level. And I'm not saying he can't, but is he that guy that you think is going to keep getting to this situation? I don't know. It seemed like for me, maybe. Obviously, I was down on the Niners all year, um, but I don't see them like being as prolific. Like some, I think it was Jimmy Johnson on the Fox post game was like, they'll be back. Their team is built for this to come back to this stage. And I mean, maybe you can speak unbiasedly. I, I'm obviously down on the Niners, but I just I don't see how I, you can watch that game and watch the Niners season and think, oh yeah, they're 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 here to stay. Um, I think people probably are going to pin them as this year's Rams, which is they'll miss the playoffs. Fair. But I, I I, do trust Jimmy G. He didn't get it done on one throw. Um, and, you know, that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles sometimes. He didn't he also pl- had the benefit of, the, of his rush getting him there. Like, you think that how many yeah. quarterbacks in NFL history have won playoff games attempting under 10 passes or something like that? Like, I mean, not many, but... It's not like that's the only thing they had, and it's not like they won't be a good rushing team going forward. Will they be number two and be thirteen and three? Probably not. But the the they will be a playoff team next year, in my opinion. I do think they're just too complete of a football team not to be. And it's not like Jimmy G is like an absolute liability. He's not the best quarterback in the league. He's clearly not a guy who's going to lead you down the field all the time but he has that ability and he is a good quarterback i think people are sliding him like jimmy g was the super bowl mvp for 50 minutes and if if he outplayed mahomes for 50 minutes and then shanahan kind of put it in a bad spot and that's kind of how it goes but like for 50 minutes the better quarterback not even the better numbers the better quarterback was jimmy garoppolo so you can't really hate on jimmy g that much I just think I'm not hating on for that game. I'm just thinking long term future if you're a Niners fan, this one's like I think a Niners loss hurts more than a Chiefs loss because you have the backbone of Pat Mahomes to fall and like, okay, we can, we can easily get back to this, whereas it's a little scarier with a guy like Jimmy G. You kinda to- felt like this was a magical year. Totally, totally. But I did say it felt like the Chiefs year. Um you said you were right, so I guess your take of you were right that the Niners were cuties. You can validate because you picked the Chiefs, but you do know who I picked to win the the Super Bowl preseason. boy, Jack. Thank you. Okay. Read, read some ads, and we'll discuss the NFL honors. Yeah, well, uh, Blue Wire actually partnered up with one of our close friends and, I guess, enemies with when, I, when it comes to me betting. I personally didn't do well with betting last night. I don't know how you did. Uh, I know you had Niners money line, but nonetheless, Blue Wire is proud to announce that they've partnered up with Bet Online. Um, did you miss your chance on betting on the Chiefs last night? I didn't. Jack did, but fear not, because Blue Wire is excited to be partnering with Bet Online to help you win the big game, no matter the time of year. We got March Madness coming up, the Masters, Major League Baseball opening day right around the corner, and Bet Online has you covered for all your latest news, all your scores and odds. It's the best place to place your bets and it's free to sign up plus it's never too early to lay down your future bet for super bowl 2021 i think you can get good value on the philadelphia eagles so before those odds drop you might want to hop on that so head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code blue wire to receive 50 percent off your welcome bonus on your first deposit 
We signed up. It's super easy. And if you're already making wagers, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. If you love listening to Jack and I, or just one of us and hate listening to the other, you know what I mean. I'm looking at you, Davis. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE. All one word when you sign up at betonline.ag. Bring your best bets home with BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Shout out to Pat Mahomes for breaking the Madden curse, even though maybe it just stuck on AB. Um, but <laughs> I believe my boy Lamar will be on the cover next year, so it's good to see that the I curse is broken. Yeah, that would be cool. A little Kobe Lamar uh, action. But um, the second unanimous MVP in Super Bowl history. Nope. The second unanimous MVP in league history (laughs) is Lamar Jackson. He won, obviously, overwhelmingly. He was the best player all year. There's no doubt about that. Mahomes is the best quarterback in football. Uh, He is. But... Lamar did have the best season, 14-2, 12 straight wins, tough playoff result. The future is bright in Baltimore, though. There's no doubt about that. I think anyone in Baltimore completely knows and understands that he didn't choke. He just didn't play a great game. The play calling wasn't great. The O-line kind of got stuffed, and we see how hard it is to win a Super Bowl. The Niners were an incredible team. They're up with 10 minutes to play, and they don't win the Super Bowl. So, future is bright. Shout out to Lamar. It is. I was a little shocked about. I understand, like obviously Lamar is the MVP; he's going to win it. But I was kind of shocked that he was unanimous. I thought there would be like maybe one, maybe two people out there that would look at Russ and be like, he carried his team on his back. I mean, I'm not by any means saying that Russ deserved the MVP. Just a little shocked that every single person. I don't know how many voters there are, how many writers that vote the process, but. That Russ didn't get like one vote. I agree. Someone that's just like, oh, he carried them all this way, blah blah blah. Like, if I had a vote, I wouldn't have voted for Russ. But it just seems like there was a narrative all year. There was a few, a few talking heads that were team Russ solely because uh, Lamar had more around him than Russ, and they're focused on more of the name of the award in terms of value to their team rather than, I guess, most outstanding player in Lamar. Um, but you can't knock 14-2. and two. Uh, Tough because they both won the same amount of playoff games. That, or No, Russ won one playoff game. Lamar didn't. But I don't know. I was just a little shocked to see that Lamar took home every vote. But, I mean, credit to an amazing season from Lamar. Uh, you're definitely in a good spot to be in as a fan. I think I'm in agreement with you. I was surprised to see it unanimous, especially like seeing how tough it is to win. I think the interesting angle is like everyone says, you know, Lamar had more around him. I think our defense was obviously much better. And the idea of like without Russ, they probably would have won four games just because every game went down to the wire and he made so many big plays. But Russ's weapons between Carson, Metcalf, Lockett, uh, whatever the dude's name was before he got hurt, and then Hollister. And, like, Lamar was throwing to Seth Roberts and Miles Boykin for a large percentage of the season. He made Nick Boyle score touchdowns. These guys are, like, not receiving tight ends. So I think more complete team without a doubt. But the physical weapons with Josh Gordon also for Russ, like, he definitely had them. But I think it's just crazy to think about the progression of Lamar's career. He comes into the NFL, they tell him to play wide receiver. Year one, he goes six and one, tough playoff game, they lose. So what what are they doing all offseason? He can't throw, he's a running back, he's a running back. He literally leads the league in passing touchdowns, 
and wins the MVP. And then people are now still hating on him. Now he can't get it done in the playoffs. Well, I think to just go in the span of a year and a half from he's a wideout to unanimous MVP and now his haters, like there there will always always be Lamar haters and they motivate him. And like, I, I just, I'm surprised. You say there's not haters. Do you actually I, think I, that? I mean, maybe I just, I don't follow enough Ravens Twitter or I, I'm not involved on your Snapchat, what people are saying, but I'm not, I'm truly saying this. I do not hear of anyone that really hates Lamar Jackson. No, no, no. There are so many people that hate and root against him and are still hating on his game, say he's a running back still, led the league in passing touchdowns. I think that's more of a, at this point, though, It's like a troll. No, but like that's why I pull... they're wrong, but like they're still... No, because they all, but they all come out of the woodwork when he just doesn't play amazing in the playoff game. It's just surprising to me. I He's such a if captivating player. This, if you're listening to this and you're one of these people that Jack are describing, please DM me at, at Abe underscore Granoff on Instagram. I would love to have a conversation with you and, hey, maybe you can sell me on it. People people just hate greatness. That's just a thing. That's why okay, people Jack, Jack, root against LeBron. Huh? Let's pump, let's pump the brakes on the greatness thing. I mean, unanimous MVP. That's the definition of great. Yeah, um, banner for it. Another prediction I got correct, you got incorrect, rookie of the year, Kyler Murray. Yeah, congratulations <clears throat> to Kyler Murray for being the number one overall pick who just happens to play quarterback. Exactly. That's why I was. Well, that's, a, that's why it was a good pick on my half. You were going with the running back. It's a pretty Ooh. safe pick. Um, I think we both agree that like. Oh, also, that's sh- the only reason that Kyler got it. Shout out to you on your Super Bowl long shot pick. Who was that? Uh, Lashawn McCoy. Yeah. He so, won. so Abe said Lashawn McCoy was a good long shot bet for Super Bowl MVP. He, he was an active. He was, yeah, he, he didn't play, but he was the MVP. Okay. Don't, don't act like, for those who didn't listen to the Super Bowl preview, it was a very casual conversation, almost jokingly. I wasn't backing to a wall against that. I since moved from that and said Debo, realizing that LaShawn McCoy hasn't okay. played. It was more of just a, a feel-good story, Andy, LaShawn McCoy. Um, happy for both of them. But, yeah, LaShawn McCoy, obviously inactive. Um he did. He did. He was the MVP post game. He gave a shout out to Kobe, which is nice. Wore the Kobe jersey. You know what made me? I can't decide if I'm happy or absolutely sick to my to my guts. Is that Terrell Suggs won a Super Bowl? Yeah, I feel like you gotta be happy. I am outside the fact of he was like, I only want to play for the Ravens. Like he brought that feel into it, and then it feels like he just kind of sold out for a ring a little. I mean, he me, he played well, this. but. Let me try and talk you off the ledge with T. Suggs. He was not any part of the reason why the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Nor would he have made any deep difference in the Baltimore Ravens in their playoff run. He just so happened to have a jersey on. I'll put it that way. He he played way more snaps than I really anticipated, and it wasn't like he was bad. He was he was pretty solid. He didn't. You're right. No he one didn't, really knew that T. Suggs was on the field. He didn't make game changing plays, but he right. was out but there. On the, I understand why you would be sick about it, but at the same time, he's not any reason they won, and he wouldn't have been any reason that you guys won. Now look at us, John Gruden, Tex. Wait, big game Shanahan. <laughs> um, Kyle Shanahan, man. Yeah, that's tough. Head, dude. Coach of the year, John Harbaugh. I think that was the right decision. Like, 
Harbaugh embraced analytics. Harbaugh embraced the new offense. Harbaugh, like, mentored and really helped Lamar grow this year. And they went 14-2. and That feels like coach of the year to me. Yeah, he did, a, he did a lot of stuff that a lot of coaches don't, and which is why we see a lot of quarterbacks go to waste. Uh, rather than throwing Lamar into a system, he built the system around him knowing what he had. So yep. all credit to him. Nick Bosa, but defensive player of the year. Um, I thought that was that no, was a pretty no. easy pick. Nick Bosa. Or sorry, defensive, defensive rookie of the year. Stephon Gilmore, defensive player of the year. Cool with that. Yeah, I think he, I guess he was the most shut down corner. Corners are important. It is impressive that at corner he won the award. I think that's a tough place to win the award. I think TJ Watt was in the running. I'm sure Aaron Donald probably should have been defensive player of the year because he's the most dominant defensive player. But Gilmore had, you know, he had the media behind him. He had the highlights, and he was he was incredible this year. I feel like if the Patriots, like, if they didn't have the talk around them, oh, could they go 16-0 early on in the year when all eyes were on their defense and Stephon Gilmore was making their plays? Like, people kind of forgot about them, or maybe just me later in the year when they started stinking. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not mad with the decision at all. Yeah, so that wraps up the 2019-2020 NFL season. It I would was... like to get out on a limb. Yeah? Football, the NFL is done. But football is not. We have the XFL kicking off five days from today. And Snapback fam, I'm happy to let you know that this podcast is officially a fan of the DC Defenders. That's right. Jack, I'm making the decision for us. We are DC Defender fans through and through. By that, I mean we are placing a future on them to win the XFL. They have Cardell Jones at quarterback, a.k.a. 12-gauge a.k.a. came in at Ohio State, won the Big Ten Championship, won the college football playoff semi, and then won the national championship. The guy doesn't lose. Um, you got to go through the rest of the roster, but that was enough to sell me. So D.C. Defenders, plus 700, around middle of the pack in terms of favorite to win it all. Dallas was favorited to win it all, but uh, I'm not going to go with Dallas. So D.C. it is. All I got to say win? is... You down? Yeah, that's cool with me. All I got to say is... This is our first year doing an NFL podcast. I'm 1-0 on Super Bowl predictions. Tune back in. I'm 1-0 on cutie takes. (laughs) Tune back in next year. We're not going anywhere. We'll be back on Thursday. Screw that. Tune tune back uh, in on Thursday for NBA trade deadline. But tune back in next year as I will predict the winner of next year's Super Bowl because I'm 100% on my predictions. So... It was a fun football season, the ups and downs. Abe and I both no playoff wins, but on to next year. Yeah, I mean, I hate that we don't have football, man. It stinks. But, stinks. And oh, the NBA stinks. My team stinks. I have, dude, sports, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know. For you, you're a Knicks fan. You're an Orioles fan. What's next? Um, Defenders, I guess, right? Yeah, I guess take a little time. <laughs> I'm going to All-Star Weekend in two weeks. That should be fun. They'll be oh, on. Take a little time, and before you know it, the Aces will be in training camp, baby. Oh, that is so the factual. Las Vegas Aces. All right, Snapback fam. Thank you guys for sticking with us for all football season. Best of luck to your team in the draft. Don't leave us. Don't leave us. Uh, we love you. Much love. Congrats, congrats. Andy. Yeah, congrats, congrats to the Andy. Chiefs. Go get that cheeseburger, baby. <laughs> Peace.